Welcome to the Living Limitless Podcast, where we talk about fitness, motivation, and mindset. These are real conversations about people who have lived through the struggle to become successful. And now, here's your host, Clint Riggin. All right, guys, welcome to the Living Limitless Podcast. We are back. We are ready. We are on fire. I have a very, very special guest today. A lot of you guys know her who are in Apex. A lot of you know her for running the goals calls in the morning, taking that next step, push you guys to your limits. Caitlin Young, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be on here uh, with you, Clint. Well, I'm excited to hear more about you. You know, I know a little bit about you. I know a little bit about the things that we talked about, but one, you're writing a book. Yes. Yes, I am. I am currently writing a book. Um, it's going to be done by February. I am uh, getting really deep into the trenches of um, my traumas and all the things I've overcome and how I got through that and um, just be launching a tool out for everyone to get, wh- how to get through those and uh, to grow going forward. So I'm really excited to get in everybody's hands and to just help as many people as possible. And that's what it's truly about, right? Saying you're telling your story, being authentic, being vulnerable. You know, that's the one thing I learned, you know, when I started in business or, or started in Apex as well. You know, the first thing they tell you is to be able to tell your story. And the best mm-hmm. one thing that I love about you is no matter what comes at you, you are always the most positive person in the room. And I'm sure <laughs> you that in your story. So let's hear some more about you. Where are you from? Yeah. So I originally uh, was born in like first time my 10 years of my life, I was over on the Detroit side of Michigan, mm-hmm. a little town called Bald Lake. And um, then when I was 10, we moved over to uh, the east side, well, west side, sorry, directionally challenged here. And uh, that's where uh, my life kind of started changing. Um, But uh, most of my issues actually started when I was six, believe it or not. Um, You wouldn't think that, but it all came down to uh, one interaction with one of my family members from my dad's side. And uh, basically, I had gotten bit in the eye by their dog, and they didn't tell my parents, and I wanted to go home, and they kept me for two days. And being a sensitive six-year-old I was, my mind turned that into my parents didn't care enough about me to come get me, and that, you know, my own family members I was staying with didn't care about me enough to uh, reach out to them. I started thinking my mom did know and just didn't. Uh, see me as worthy enough to take mm-hmm. the time to take me somewhere. Um, no one took me to the hospital. No one gave me medical care. Um, I, my eye was swollen shut and was dripping. And so, uh, believe it or not, that's where the origin of doubt started. Right. So, yeah, it, it gets crazy after that. But yeah. That's wow. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. So mm-hmm. It started from a simple fact that you got bit in the eye. And then you get the origin of doubt that your parents didn't care about you because they, they left that you thought that they left you. Mm-hmm. How yeah. Long, it's, how long did go that ahead. Take you? Uh, that stayed with me till I was 22. Um, so actually that's like the whole thing that, and it took me till I was actually 22 to realize that that was the, where the origin started. Um, I like from that moment, I started like being on pins and needles around my family subconsciously not even knowing it 
I would try to be the perfect golden child, do whatever I can to help around the house. Um, I, you know, anytime anything went wrong in the family, I blamed it on myself. Yeah. I would, you know, literally keep everything bottled in. My parents thought I had no problems, that I was perfect, you know, nothing was wrong with me. And I was homeschooled, I should add that. So uh, I became the master of lying and I became the master of, uh, you know, just keeping it in. Manipulation. But when I moved to uh, Lake Odessa, when I was 10, um, I got connected with llamas. And so if you don't know, I'm the llama girl. <laughs> and uh, that is uh, where I met Midori. And Midori was scared of people. And I went into a pen with her and the owner was kind of like, no, don't do that. But uh, she like laid her head on me and let me hold her. And we connected immediately. And that became my uh, event. And she just cared about me so much. So she would be the one I would go up and cry when I had emotions because I couldn't show emotions around my family. Because remember, yeah. I didn't think they actually loved me, that they were faking it. Right. I didn't believe that I had enough worth to show anything wrong with me around my family. I, there's six of us kids. I, my mom didn't have time for me, you know, and I knew that. And so uh, at that point, it just became about me and my llama. That is, that's incredible. That's truly incredible. You know, it's crazy how we find that one thing that we're able to go to for support. You know, when I was, when I was a kid, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I really had that one thing just because of the simple fact my parents were divorced. I had visitation with my parents and every two weeks I would go to Maryland to go see my dad. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like my, that was my support. My parents had a very, uh, per se, um, crazy 17 years of marriage. Um, it was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of things going back and forth. I just tried to stay out of it. Uh, I wasn't the best kid either. <laughs> and I, um, so I completely understand when it comes to, you know, having that clutch and, and feeling like you can just go to that any, even if it's a llama that you feel mm-hmm. you have a connection. Well, you know, and I knew that she wouldn't talk to anyone. She wouldn't tell anyone anything. Yeah. And yet I knew somehow she understood and she would do this sweet, soft hum. Mm-hmm. Whenever I would start crying and it was so crazy how she knew that would calm me down. Like it just, it, you know, and that just became our thing is I would go up there. Um, unfortunately, um, like with anything you bottle up, you know, because you don't really deal with the issue. Um, I kept, it, it kept growing because my parents would fight or my brother and my dad would fight and they didn't know how to fight right or anything like that at that point so there were desks being thrown there were things happening and me being the one that didn't think she was worth anything would make sure to get all three of my younger siblings out of the situation and be the shield she would be the one getting in between the fights and going hey guys we can't be doing this you know you're 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 exposing these kids to the bad stuff you know trying to keep them from having anything like i did you know and uh looking back i was crying for help in my own way, but I wasn't trying to uh, bring attention to me because remember, uh, I literally thought the worst of myself. And um, me and my brother didn't get along very well, my oldest brother. And uh, looking back now, I know it's because he cared about me and he saw where I was going because I was overeating. I was binge eating. I was trying anything to take away the pain from where I was feeling. And, um, you know, as the bottle grows, 
you know, you need bigger ways of taking away that pain. So next thing I knew, started cutting. I was cutting my inner thighs, cutting places my parents couldn't see. So that way, you know, I wasn't bringing attention to me because I didn't matter. Um, So it just kind of kept growing in that way. So now I want to ask you about the, the cutting. When you first did it, did you feel like you had pain release from you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt the, I felt relief every time I did it because it was a different type of pain. I had a very high pain tolerance Mm -hmm. and it was, I deserved it anyway. You know, like I literally thought I was worth less than llama shit. Like I just had no self-worth whatsoever. I was really good at lying about it. I was really good at pretending I did. And I was really good at pretending I was okay. Um, Lying became aim second nature. Um, I didn't even know half the time if I was lying or telling the truth. Um, and I'd go on these like Catholic retreats and get a little bit better for a while, but then I'd go right back to it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I do uh, therapy a little bit, but go right back to it because I wasn't dealing with the real issues because I wasn't going to let them out. And so it just kept continuing. I just kept being self-destructive. There was a time when I was 16 years old, my parents were gone and I was actually about ready to kill myself. Um, I had pills in my hand and the only thing that stopped me was my little sister came into the bathroom and wanted to spend time with me and I I couldn't leave her uh, because of that. If she had not come in at that moment, I wouldn't be here today. So it's just so many things that, you know, people hide, people don't tell anyone. And she didn't know that's what happened. You know, she's young. She, she was like eight, you know, and she had no idea. And I wasn't going to let my parents know, you know, because I didn't want them to spend time on me that they needed to spend on the siblings that actually mattered. So I'm not sure. Are you religious? Um, I am Christian. Um, my parents are very, very Catholic. Um, I do bring some of the Catholic beliefs into my uh, beliefs, but um, I, I I do have that. Yes. I'm just gonna say that's uh, that's a sounds like a sign from God for me. Because, yes, exactly. Yes, you know. exactly. That's what I take it as too is that God was sending her, and they're like, "Hey, go stop her from doing those," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, your video! Ah, I got back. We're good. <laughs> I don't know what happened, um, but. Yeah, so I took that as a sign from God, too. Um, and then when I turned 18, because, you know, self-worth issues, um, I got a job at Walmart right away. I already was working, like, jobs and stuff because I was helping with my brother with the farm because we started a farm of our own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a job at Walmart to be able to pay my own phone bill, to pay my car bills and all that. Because, you know, I literally, from the time I was 14, only planned on living into my early 20s, not past the age of 22. Because you had that in your mind. Yes. I I knew I was not going to live past that time because I I was just going to take space on the earth that was meant for someone else. And um, so I just, you know, kept um, taking care of things, right? Taking things off the list of things I needed to do to get to that point. So paying for things so my parents didn't have to worry about it. Um, Buying my siblings like expensive gifts so that way they would remember me as being nice. You know, I bought my two younger sisters at the time the iPod Touch fifth generation. 
And those were expensive gifts for an 18 year old, you know, I repainted my younger brother's room, you know, and I uh, made it camo and all cool for him, did his dresser. Uh, I gave my other brother and my iPhone because I mean, I wasn't going to use it for very much longer. And then uh, to me, you were, you were a giver, but yes, I gave everything because I, I didn't deserve it. And you didn't know how to receive because you felt like you weren't worthy. Yep, exactly. Yep. But to make it kind of um, fast forward, I get married Mm -hmm. to a man who showed me that a glimmer of my worth. Um, I just fell in love with him. Um, Met him at Amway. We got married eight months later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally the kindest man ever. He has literally turned my life upside down and he's just like changed me inside out. And for a good solid six months after we got married, I was happy. I was doing great. But then I went through some miscarriages and I went through some, you know, just people at work were treating me bad because at this point I was working at Oliver, um, a healthcare packaging company. Mm -hmm. And um, I just was eating more and more. I got up to be 340 pounds and I just basically was sabotaging everything about me. And um, I created this warped mindset that it's time. Um, obviously God doesn't even trust me to take care of kids. So, you know, I should just end it now. Then I can go be with them and Scott can find someone better that he can have kids and they can take, he can, they can take care of them, you know? And, uh, because I didn't think I was worthy of him and, um, I I didn't know why he married me in the first place. So, um, I remember setting it all up. So I went to Avengers Endgame my whole family and that was my goodbye to them i uh you know we went and saw the movie and i remember hugging them and crying on the inside because i knew that was the last time i was going to see him i mean i knew it and uh my mom kept asking are you okay because she knew something was up and i was like yeah i'm fine you know i'm good at faking things and um just said i had a stomach ache or something like that you know you come up with a lie Mm -hmm. and uh we get to uh home and I'm snuggling and, you know, being the best wife possible. The next day's plan was to kiss them off to work and then take every medication possible and cuddle the cats and die that way. That was the plan. Well, Scott realized that I was being too excited because when you get to that point that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you, you almost get this like uh, feeling of excitement because you know it's going to be all over oh, yeah. you know the pain is going to be gone it's going to be gone exactly and he realized exactly what was happening god bless him another god moment mm-hmm. and he's like i'm not leaving you we're going in i i know what's going on right now and he took me to a mental institution and i did not do all the first time took six weeks back and forth of going in there and out of there yeah, for me sure. to realize he wants to go there. Like that's the, I know. the last place. Exactly. Anyone. And I had built such a barrier, you know? And uh, so I do the fake, Oh, I'm great with the doctors, you know, get out of there and then, you know, go right back to where I was and Scott would turn me around or my mom and be like, no, you're not. We're going back, <laughs> you know? And then I started sending myself back and I, and I'm like, huh, you know, 
Cause I realized change. You're starting to see a change here. Yes. Yeah. And so I started sending myself back and then I thought about, it's like, wait a minute, I, I'm supposed to die. Why am I going back? You know? And, uh, then I realized it's not me doing that. It's God. And he wants me to stay alive. And then the next start, uh, part I started it, something I learned from there is I started doing positive affirmations every day, even if I didn't believe them. Every day I put four positive affirmations on my, uh, you know, uh, mirror in the bathroom, mm-hmm. whether it be sticky note or dry erase marker. And I made myself read all of them every morning. And after uh, 30 days, I started believing some of them. I started to see that mindset change. And um, between that and the fact of doing meditation in the morning where I just, you know, let the feelings I have of that day pass through me instead of going down into that bottle, you know, those two things uh, really got me to think, okay, you know, where, what is my purpose? You know, where am I supposed to go from here? And I still didn't know at that point, but I knew I was supposed to be alive. Um, But yeah, that, it, that's kind of like the catalyst of what started my change. Was that when you joined Apex, you started doing those affirmations or that was way before? No, that was two years, two and a half years ago. This has been a long journey. Okay. Um, okay. Awesome. So you started those yeah. affirmations about two years ago. I'm sure you saw your life change in front of your eyes. Literally, yes. you started saying, you know, I am loved, I am powerful, I am blessed. You know, started putting those positive intentions throughout the day. Yeah. Every single and- morning. So you wake up with positive intention. Exactly. I still do it today because you know what? Um, that's the only way we stay positive. Right. right. And so, uh, I firmly believe, you know, and people like tell me like, why are you doing that? You'll create an ego. No, no, it's okay to love yourself. It's actually healthy to love yourself. What creates the ego is actually when you don't love yourself enough and, um, you you're lashing out your ego to make up for the love you don't give yourself. So there's a lot of people that get down on us. On us, I'm saying on people that are positive, people that are motivating. And the reason because of that is these insecurities within themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, see how happy you are. They see how you are going through your day. And no matter what comes at you, you're going to overcome it because of your mindset. But these people that see you, they don't like you to be happy because they're not truly happy within themselves. And it's sad because a lot of the world is like that. I'm, I'm sure you saw on that slide. 50,000 thoughts, 40,000 of them are negative. That's 80% of our thoughts are negative. Yeah. Every single day. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it did take medication as well. Um, You know, I'm not going to lie and say, you know, it all fixed itself. Um, You know, I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder because of my line and all that, you Mm -hmm. know, and I still like, you know, see therapists for touching that and stuff. And you know what? That's okay. You know, I'm not like on all the meds. I'm on one for it, you know, and that's when I found that I can work around and still be myself. And, um, but it takes the, um, it, it makes me think like me instead of this personality that became after you know, this mask, you know, it basically helped me remove the mask. I still had to do the work, but it, it gave me a little bit of a like power up. Wow. All right. So two years, we're saying affirmations We're we're getting good. We're feeling good about ourselves. So I spent about a year doing, um, that gain therapy, all that. And then I, I looked at, you know, I got COVID 
Mm. and um got really sick my heart enlarged um and i wasn't doing well um you know i had asthma i was pre-diabetic i was you know all these things you know because i was still 340 pounds because i wasn't dealing with the eating issues you know and uh i was binge eating every night mm. i was eating easily a gallon of ice cream a night easily we and i you're talking about a the, gallon. Not, oh, not yes. Like a Ben and Jerry's, you know, 16. No, a gallon. A whole a gallon. gallon. A whole gallon. Oh, my God. A whole gallon. Yes. Okay. It was bad. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'd starve myself throughout the day, yeah. you know, thinking, oh, I can do this, you know, and make myself feel bad about that. And then at the end, I was like, you know what? I, I don't deserve it. And, you know, I was still dealing with that. So, I decided, you know what, it's time to get real help. So um, what I did is I reached out to a dietitian and mm -hmm. they helped me come up with a meal plan for a while to help me get a grasp. So let me and ask, I just, the seeing is, okay, you reached out to the dietitian because I'm always interested about this. Yes. You reached out to the dietitian and you told them your situation. Mm -hmm. What did they tell you or what did they prescribe you? They didn't do shit. <laughs> this is this is this is where it gets fun. Um, so they literally were like, "You need to eat more vegetables. You need to eat more of this." And I'm like, "No shit, Sherlock! <laughs> like, I already knew that. That's not gonna help me. Like, you know, I have like this issue at night." And they're like, "Well, just don't buy ice cream." I'm like, "Well, that solved it. Great, you know." But I have a great persuasive way of talking people into gain things for me, and I do it without thinking. <laughs> You know, yeah. and so um, I finally, you know, when my mental state got stable, mm -hmm. I just decided we're doing this. I made I, I just was like, this is uncomfortable. It's going to be hard yep. and I'm not going to want to, but I'm going to do this. So I literally purged my whole house of anything that had to do with sugar, Amen. anything that had to do with, uh, fat, anything that was fried anything that could be uh you know a trigger for chocolate because guys chocolate is my bae so we have uh, so caitlin's a limitless coaching client and she came to me and i remember this she's like i'm just gonna let you know i have a very big obsession with chocolate and i was like well you're gonna need some chocolate protein but we're going to stay away from, because you would say you would eat just bags of chocolate, right? You would just yes. taking down some chocolate. So we stopped doing that, but we, we yes. got back, just, we'll get back into it. it it's, it's a real issue. Um, so um, anyway, I get, you know, all that gone and I go cold turkey out the gate. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, and I end up in the hospital because my body is not used to no sugar and mm -hmm. no anything and so i'm getting hydration getting you know they're actually injecting some sugar in me <laughs> and stuff because wow. because of the fact that i went from eating one gallon of ice cream a night along with two packs of mms and you know like a donut and you know all these spike in insulin and then your insulin probably dropped significantly as well exactly exactly so we had to uh find creative ways to layer me down without eating all the sugar right so, because I knew if I even got one bite of sugar, I was going to go right back to where I was. I knew my weaknesses at this point and I knew what I needed to do to yeah. get past them. 
And uh, my husband was supportive, except when he brought in the pizza. Mm. <laughs> but I, I didn't eat it. I left it for him. I was just like, honey, really? <laughs> Maybe that was I think that was a test for you. For real, for real. <laughs> and, and he would still like, because he was used to me always like demanding things from him, you know, this poor guy, you know, cause I would like demand things like chocolate and stuff. He, he would still pick me up Reese's and stuff. I'm like, no, honey, I'm good. You know, thank you for caring and stuff. But that I literally realized, you know, I was asking stuff of him all the time mm-hmm. and he would just give because he's such a kind man. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I just cut it all out. I went clean and then I realized, you know, I'm going to lose a certain amount of weight and then I'm going to get gastric sleeve surgery. So I lose, um, I went from 340 to 296 mm-hmm. from June to uh, would have been November awesome. and uh, did that on my own. And then November 17th, a year ago, I had my gastric sleeve surgery. And, um, so I got that done, but then I had my appendix and col- uh, my, uh, gallbladder go bad. So those had to be removed. Um, but, uh, you know, I worked through that, got better. And then I realized, you know, Hey, I made it through that. I'm at 220 now, you know? And, uh, I was like, what about my dreams and hopes? You know, what about because I went back to Walmart and I was like, you know, I'm not made for Walmart. I can do much more than Walmart. Yeah. And uh, so right before I was going to, you know, start looking at that, um, I did the terrible thing of getting the Johnson and Johnson shot. Mm. Yep. And uh, I am one of the lucky people that got Crohn's and had two strokes from that. So from the Johnson and Johnson shot. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yep. So um, I had to get better from that. Went back to Walmart for a little bit, but uh, I put my app into places and there was some places, um, you know, for entrepreneurs and stuff, but there was a, um, an, a call for an interview at a life insurance place. And I'm like, I don't know about this, but I'll go to the interview. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually was thinking about canceling the interview just because I didn't think sales was, you know, I had been told to lie of commissions, right? Like you can't make your life on commissions. And I had had a short stint with another commission job and the company went under while I was in it because yeah. it yeah. just wasn't great. So I was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to go to it, but something pulled me, AKA God to go to the interview. And I get into this interview and I'm learning stuff from this guy, you know, and he's just being real. He's like, if you're not here to win, we don't want you get the hell out. And I'm just like, I've never been to an interview like this. This is my people. Tony Robbins Robbins event. (laughs) It was like, holy shit. Like this guy named Dean Jewett is like my people. Like, and like everyone there was super nice. And so me being the person I had developed to be, I was like, okay, let's do this. So I finished, I did my whole licensing course within four days. Wow. And uh, got licensed, started the job and literally have loved every moment of it. And uh, my uh, supervising agent, uh, Devin, and my uh, regional uh, agency director, uh, Lori, um, all three of them, by the way, are in Apex. Um, Lori's an agency director. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's incredible. So, uh, and, uh, but, uh, Devin and Lori were laughing about the llama thing, all that. And I saw their FYE tattoos and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Fuck your excuses. Like Mm -hmm. I need that on my arm. And so before I knew Apex was a thing, I go (laughs) go and get an FYE. And I had the llama thing going. And if you're in Apex, you know that Dan Ward has a llama and all that. And so I basically had the Apex starter pack right from the beginning. So they're like, girl, you need to join this group called Apex. And I had been with the company for like four weeks, five weeks at this point. So I joined Apex and I learn everything. And I'm just like, holy crap. Not only is my agency bad as hell, like amazing. I'm in a group of amazing people and I, you know, find people to level me up. Wiley, Clint here, you know, and so many others. And you did your intro post. And I said, I said, Kayla, is that a, is that a fucking llama? (laughs) You were like, hell yeah, it's a llama. Yep. That's badass because nobody else, nobody else has a llama except Dan. I think Dan has a llama, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Him and me, him and me. Now, do you still have Midori? Um, no, Midori passed away. Um, she uh, died at age when I was nineteen twenty, and that like spiraled me even further. I ended up moving into a house full of guys I didn't know and uh, fed into the bottle. It was an interesting experience, but never again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. So, how long have you had? What's your llama's name now? Um, the one I co uh, like I've been uh, working with. Her name is Icy. Um, she is a sweetheart and she's expecting right now. So we should have a baby llama next year. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I might, you know what? I might have a llama come live with me. Never had a llama before, but that would be dope. I, I would, I would hit, hook you up. I know everything about them. Can you imagine me walking a llama down my apartment complex? <laughs> People would probably think I'm crazy. Eh, FYE. Exactly. Fuck your excuses. All right. So you joined Apex and what's the first thing you did, which I love. Um, So the first thing I did was like start reaching out to people, start, you know, just networking. I mean, I just started doing lives right away, started, you know, posting on there. I I knew that, you know, I needed to invest myself hardcore. Um, I hooked with Wiley and I discovered, you know, what I needed to do. I started the 7 a.m. goals calls. And, uh, you know, I have those going for everyone. Uh, and they're just so that way we can have our goals Monday through Friday in front of us, you know, so that way, you know, our daily goals to get us to our long-term goal. And then what are we going to do to keep ourselves accountable today to get there? You know? Um, so I'm just excited as I've seen more people join that and, uh, just seen, uh, the, the goals grow over time. Like oh, when I first started, it, it was just going. like, Yeah. When I first started, my goal was just like, I'll make a hundred thousand next year. Now it's, I'm going to freaking have Llama Land 2022, uh, breaking ground fall of 2022, you know? And then, uh, in 2023, I'm going to have a, uh, resort spot, like home in Miami, um, or Tampa somewhere in Florida. So that way I can, you know, network down there and have a satellite office, um, down there for coaching and everything. 
And then I also, you know, I'm going to make 300,000 by the end of 2022. Uh, you know, my goals have just grown big time. And now I have my book, you know, by February. It, it's just been crazy. And I know like a lot of people like Mariana and Lori and Devin, Tiffany, um, everybody's goals have just grown big time. It's been awesome. Isn't it crazy too? So I tell people about Apex. People think I'm in a cult. People think I'm in this fucking, this, it, it's crazy what people think. My parents did, uh, yeah, my parents, I'm pretty sure still believe I'm in a cult. It's kind of really? funny. <laughs> They're like, Clint, why do you post about this all the time? What is this? There's like, you know, there's, there's these people and, and it looks like a cult. I'm like, mom, mom, you don't understand. Like, have you ever been around nothing but like top producing, high achieving individuals that want nothing but your success? <laughs> Yeah. And just like, like you might be crazy. And I was like, I'm not crazy. But. Well, I am, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's the simple fact of like your family of choice. You're mm -hmm. not, I never understood that until I hung around the people in Apex. And if you know, exactly. me, which you're getting to know me a lot more is I don't have a lot of friends. I have acquaintances. Yes. But I don't have a lot of friends because I need to focus me on, too. At hand, you know, I, I cannot totally understand. I've driven every friend I have away yeah, uh, with my line in the past. And I regret it because like, I know like a couple of them, you know, I would probably still be friends with me, but I'm ashamed. And that's something I have to work past. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy now that I have like people I would consider really good friends like you, Wiley, you know, uh, Mary Anna, um, Jamie, uh, she's been awesome. And uh, Devin, Tiffany, Lori, Dean, all these people. And I'm like, holy like, cow. We're like thousands of miles away, right? But you know, know you can call me at any time. I can call you at any time. And that's what's exactly. amazing about it. I know some of my friends that if I called them right now, they probably wouldn't even answer their phone. You know why? Because it's seven o'clock. They're probably getting fucked up, getting ready to go out to the bar and they wouldn't truly care. You know, exactly. our mindset changes when we get into this group. We want bigger. We want to go for bigger goals. We want to do bigger things. And that's exactly. what I tell people. It's like when you start surrounding yourself with that kind of energy, when you wake up at 7 a.m., well, you wake up earlier than that. But when you wake up to get on that goals call and you talk about the goals, you say, hey, guys, what are we doing today? What are our goals for today? You know, people are vulnerable at that point. They're like, shit, man, I'm being put on the spot. Yeah. What are your goals? Tell me. Yep. If you don't say your goals right there, you're probably not going to complete them. Cause I know. So well, and I've been adding in lately, like if the same person gets back on the call the next day, yeah. I've been adding, how did your goals go yesterday? You know, exactly. just keep, keep so that way, you know, we can keep them accountable and keep myself accountable. You know, I I'm real, you know, I'm like, guys, I did not accomplish what I wanted to yesterday. Like it was terrible. You know, and like, why didn't you accomplish those goals? What could you yeah, have done exactly. And then you guys can help each other. Exactly. Learn from each other. Exactly. It's wonderful. And like you said, with Apex, people keep pushing you forward. So like I set the goal to do a marathon, a half marathon and signed up for the October half marathon in the spring of last year. But I developed in my mind that because of the Crohn stuff and all that, I wasn't going to do it. Well, then I see this badass motherfucker, Clint Riggin, always getting <laughs> up in the morning and working out. And, you know, I'm feeling better and stuff. I'm like, shit. I signed up for that. I paid for it. I, I, it's a week out. I'm going to do this thing. So I went and did that. And now I have another one on the block. You know, we're doing one in March and it's just I crazy know. that that's happening. And guys, if anybody knows me, I haven't ran probably more than three miles like in my last like five or six years. So I will have to start running here shortly for sure. Newsflash, I did 
13.125 miles. And I didn't run the whole way. I'm going to be honest. I jogged and then I ran like the ha- the last part and like walked part of it because I had never run in my life. Let's be real here. <laughs> and uh, I'm extremely proud of you. That is uh, but huge. yeah, this next one, I'm going to kill it. It's going to, I did it just around four hours last time. This time I'm pushing for three. So I'm excited that that's in March, right? Yes. March 21st in, in Tampa or it's in Florida, yeah, Tampa, Florida. Beautiful. So we got to get shirts ready. We got to get all the team ready. I already am looking into shirts and all that, um, sponsoring, um, all that. So it's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love just the switch in mindset that like from what, where we were talking before, where you were just a couple years ago to now. Yep. And it's absolutely insane. You wake up positive, you wake up with intention, you wake up and you, and, and when we were at apex live, it was so crazy to see. So like when you wanted to talk to somebody, right, you would, you would go up to them. Right. And if they didn't show you attention, you would stare at them until they showed you attention. And then you would start talking to them. I love that. I, there it was, was so uncomfortable for me, but it's like, you know what? I'm here and I'm not going to get another chance till next slide. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be uncomfortable. And I'm just, that was my uncomfortable item for the day. Like I said, I do two uncomfortable items for the day. And that was one of them. And how many people did you meet there? I mean, I, you, you met so many people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was crazy because so many people knew me and I didn't know. And they'd come up to me and be like, can I get a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, and like, I was just like, uh, it was crazy for that. And then, um, you know, there were people I wanted to meet in person. And it was so funny. Like I had big imposter syndrome with meeting Stuman. And uh, I walk up to the guy the first time, really embarrassing. I'm like, hi, I'm Caitlin. I don't know if you know me, but uh, uh, I just wanted to let you know who I was. And he's like, I know you. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, and then I was like, wow, I was so chicken for that. And then uh, the second time he's taking pictures with people. I'm like, fuck it. I'm doing a second time and fixing this. Yep. So uh, I go up there. I'm like, can I take a picture with you? And he's like, heck yeah. I'm like, thanks. And, uh, you know, it was a lot cooler then because I asserted myself. (laughs) So uncomfortable things, do them. It sucks, but do them. You get places. And that's where we truly (laughs) are, right? We be uncomfortable. That's where the growth truly comes from. And I think we learned that in Apex too is, um, I mean, I I don't mean to talk about Apex, you know, this whole podcast episode, but Apex has truly (laughs) changed my life, changing people's lives every single day. And that's what I, that's what I between Apex, uh, you know, Liberty National, um, Limitless, and Wiley's Mind Ninja stuff, and just my husband always being my supporter. I, I mean, I'm like a 360, and I've just been so grateful. Gratitude. That I met at live? Yes. Hey, shout out to you, Scott. You are a scholar and a gentleman, my friend. Sure. Yeah, he, he really is. He's working right now. He's a second shifter, and he's been uh working his butt off and he's always just been my supporter and you know and, and you know many people have those spouses that they're afraid to tell that they're going to do something new or something like that with him i tell him and he's like that's awesome okay what do you need from me uh what can i do to help you get there you know and then he's looking for things like on his own he's like hey you know here's a really nice pen for you or a really nice you know like planner for you so that way you look professional hey uh i found this and it was llama based and so you can have it in the back when you get your own office you know and he's just doing this on his own 
And I was so proud of him because he has anxiety disorder and he went to live with me. And that's so out of his comfort zone. And he just talked to people and just lit up. And I just was so freaking proud of him. And he, I'm pretty sure he thought I was in a cult before too. And afterward, he's like, I love your people and they're amazing. And I'm like, yeah. So my next goal, um, he knows it, is to get him to doing what he loves and, uh, you know, getting him into the industry he loves. And uh, really just finding out what that passion is. So I'm getting Wiley to help him. He has to do 75 hard first. But uh, Is he starting? Did he start already? No. <laughs> Why? Why not? I think he, he just is anxious about it and overthinking it. Um, but since I have to restart due to yesterday's issues, <laughs> um, I am going to have him and I start together on Sunday. That's my thing okay. um, awesome. because I, I had to start over again, even though I just started over again um, because I was not able to do my second workout last night due to the fact of just being out of the hospital. At well, there are some things that are out of your control, completely out of your control. Mm -hmm. And you much rather rest your body than put yourself through. Cause imagine if you would have done your second workout, ripped those stitches off. Could you imagine like that would, that would not be worth it. Yeah, for sure. So we'll get back on it. We'll start on Sunday. I'm extremely proud of you. I man, Caitlin, I feel like I know so much about you. Truly, like it's thank it's, you. It's amazing what you've been through and what you've accomplished and and what you're same with you and same with everyone. You know, every single person has their own story. You know, even if they think they don't, they do. And you know, once you start telling it and um, realizing how far you've come and how much you can accomplish it's a game changer. And it really just starts when you start believing in yourself. And like I tell Olivia, you know, even if that's just putting one sticky note up there and you might not believe it at all. Like the first one I put up was I am strong and I did not believe that. But now looking back, I'm going, heck yeah, it was a strong ass motherfucker. I made it through a lot, you know? And, uh, but it took me two years to be able to say that, you know, it's not an overnight process. It's putting in the work. Like we say in Apex, you know, we have to put in the work to get to where we want to be. So Kayla, let me ask you a question. So when it comes to your limiting beliefs, if you would tell one person or tell the people that are going to listen to this podcast, what you would do in their position, if they have these limiting beliefs about themselves to help them get out of that? Um, so depending where you're at in this stage. Um, so if it's like you're at rock bottom and you just don't have anything to grab onto guys, like if you're just at that point where you're just wanting to give up, first thing I would do is find someone to get you some real mental help. Um, you know, a lot of there's a stigma about it, but I promise you it's a good way to reset you know, even if it means getting instituted or doing an outpatient thing, you know, do that. But otherwise, if you think that you're safe, you know, that's if you're suicidal and, you know, it's not safe. I want to always make sure that people are safe. Um, if it's something where you're safe, um, I would say that positive affirmations. I don't care if you think you, you know, you love yourself or not. Um, Camera. You, you, you uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's telling me low power, I tell you. Um, so I don't care if you think you love yourself or not. If you think you're the badass person ever, a lot of times we tell people that and we don't believe it ourselves. So do it anyway. Do a positive affirmation as silly as it is. 
for yourself and continue doing that. Like uh, start with a goal of 30 days. So that way it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this forever. You know, do it for 30 days and just get it ingrained because once you do it past 21 days, it's a habit, right? And uh, so do that first. And then I would add on, um, start thinking about, okay, what's one block I can pick up today to move me forward? What's one piece of my life that I can pick up that's on the ground right now that I can pick up and move forward with? Um, With me, you know, that first block was my mental health, you know, so I had to find a therapist. I had to find help that way, you know. I had to find, uh, I had to step back from a different job and go back to Walmart and work less to be able to take care of me for a while. And you might think it's selfish to take care of you guys, but by taking care of yourself, you're able to give more. And that that's the way it should be, you know, is take care of yourself first and then you can take care of others. Guys, you heard it here first. The biggest thing I took away from that is 1% better every single day. You know, you really yes. have to push every single day just to be a little bit better. And if you do that, you will be 99% better than most of the people out there. I can tell you that right now. And then your cup needs to be filled before you start to pour other people's cups. You need to take Absolutely. it. And Kayla, this is your first podcast. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited Woo-hoo. to give you the opportunity. I'm so excited that you were on here. Thank you so much for telling your story. Thank you for having me on. It was a real pleasure to be a part of the Limitless podcast. Oh, yeah. And don't worry, you're going to be doing all kinds of podcast interviews. I see you on stage in the next couple of years. You're going to be telling your story and you're going to be showing people what it's like to really push forward and get over anything. So I'm proud of you and I hope you have an amazing weekend. And guys, if you're listening to this, share this with your friends, your family. Caitlin's story is absolutely incredible. And I hope this motivates you, uplifts you, inspires you, and always live limitless. Guys, if this uplifts you, inspires you, and motivates you, all I ask is you share this with your friends, family, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all over the place. Because we want to make this the number one motivational podcast every single morning you listen to it. Guys, have an amazing day and live limitless.